Hey everyone, welcome to Queer Christian Conversations. Today we are talking about purity culture and hookup culture and where queer Christians have fit or not fit into that picture. And um, we had started the live earlier, but people couldn't hear. And so we are starting it all over again. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Coach Yema and I help LGBTQIA people make peace with their faith and their sexuality. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Distinct. Hey, Misty. Um, hey, Kiana. Hey, everybody. Thank you for coming back in. And we are going to start this all over again. And that's all right. I love y'all. I am here for you. Okay. So we're talking about purity culture and hookup culture. Um, I explained earlier that my introduction to purity culture didn't really come until my late 20s when I came out to Colorado for Bible college. And I realized that I didn't know that purity culture was one of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> I didn't know that it was as intense because in the black church, um, in the black African church, because black American church is different from African Liberian churches. And so I grew up in the Liberian church. I'm a West African woman. Okay. I am African. I am Liberian. And so growing up in that church, it was a, um, <clears throat> a non-spoken but understood thing that you're not supposed to have sex until marriage. But it wasn't as intense as it was in the white church. And all of the damage that was done um, to young people in the white church did not... I didn't see it happening in my church because although we all knew that we weren't supposed to fornicate, all the kids, not kids, but all the people, I guess... Um, they're kids to me now because I'm in my 30s, but all the people in their 20s and mid-20s in my church were all having babies. So it was just like, okay, we're going to another uh, baby shower. Um, <laughs> and then I came out to, to, to Bible college and I was shocked. Um, and I said earlier at that time, I had been celibate for about three to, let me see. I came out here, I think, around 27, 28. So I, I started being celibate around um, the age of 25 for my own purposes and my own mental health because I was very, very deep into hookup culture in my early 20s. And so I did that for me. Hey, napping ability. Hey, Susan. I did that for me to help myself clear my mind so that I could draw closer to the Lord. But it wasn't because I was... Um, feeling any kind of real guilt and condemnation that I hear my um, Caucasian counterparts talk about the other Christian sex educators. So if you really want to get deeper into it and how it's affected um, that group of people, God is Gray is a great, G-R-E-Y, is a great YouTube channel for you to go and look up. And she has amazing, her name is Brenda. She has amazing videos on there. I also did a um, an interview with her that's on her channel as well. And then Talk Purity to Me is also a Christian channel that's a sex educator that talks about purity culture. So for... Queer Christians in purity culture, we would have understood it as just, you know, that I can't be a really good Christian person if I am not cisgendered, if I am not, you know, praying for my husband, if I'm not, you know, a heterosexual person. Okay. Um, I will tag her. Let's see. Let me tag God is Gray here really quick and talk purity to me. And um, let me post that. And then I'll, I'll tag Talk Purity to me probably in the stories when I repost this. So as far as all of that goes, 
people who have been through purity culture and have been really harmed by the messaging of how, especially for women, how we are to police our bodies in order to keep our Christian brothers um, safe and in control, that putting all the onus onto the woman um, and is very intentional. <laughs> that I have my shoulders out. It is scandalous, honey, to have a shoulder out in purity culture, what? And I don't know how see-through this top is, um, but I know that is the kind of see-through and I wore it on purpose, okay? It's to let you know that I am free from that, all right? I own my sexuality, I love my sexuality, I am a sexual being and so are you. And when people are coming out of purity culture, here's the pendulum here. And so we swing, swing low, sweet chariot, okay? And we swing it all the way over to hookup culture. And um, we have, in a way, made hookup culture synonymous with sex positivity. And I personally do not um, agree with that. So hookup culture i've lived it in several seasons of my life okay um coming out of reason hookup a recent hookup culture season of my life right now um as i i feel like as i go through different deconstructions of my faith and my understanding i and in the process of me owning my sexuality i can own it a bit too much and i can put myself in situations that are not healthy for me and i've done that hello think out loud all right so hookup culture is not synonymous with sex positivity, okay? Now, sex positivity is the opposite of what, hook, uh, what purity culture is because purity culture is very sex negative. We can almost come out of purity culture, not almost, pretty much do, come out of purity culture believing that sex is sin, that sex was created by the devil, that sex is only for procreation, that sex is only for marriage, that sex is all these different things that have nothing to do with the beauty and the gift that sex is that was given to us by God. Sex is a divine activity that is to be enjoyed. Um, I wrote a book that I have unpublished since because there was a chapter in there that was non-affirming because I was very non-affirming a few years ago until the Lord set me free, honey, okay? Um, and and if you've been following for a while, you know how that how, what that story is all about. But in the book, uh, there was a beautiful revelation that God gave me about what sex is. And this is where I want to start the conversation. So sex is supposed to be a representation of our relationship with God. Have you ever heard that? Has anybody ever mentioned that to you? Probably not, okay? Not in the way I'm about to, I'm about to break it down for you, okay? Now, sex is two people, I was about to say multiple, I'm, I'm gonna, let me give a little quick disclaimer. I am in a rare mood today, okay? I'm in a rare mood, so if I say something, um, that shocks you, just roll with it, laugh, let's have a good conversation. If you're offended, I'm not sorry. Um, your offense probably is going to help you get closer to God, okay? So, <clears throat> between two people are having sex and you come together and you orgasm, okay? And that orgasm is a place of ecstasy. Now, in our relationship with God, the Bible says in Psalm 1611 that in the presence of God is 
fullness of joy. And so sex was given to us by God to show us what it's supposed to be like in relationship with him. And so when purity culture is teaching you that sex is something that is harmful, that is dangerous, that um, you need to take extra care with because it could damage and ruin your life, that is so far away from the message of what God intended to show us in, um, in the union of a sexual um, interaction. So if we're teaching people that sex is this, such this negative thing, we're not going to be open and receptive to the example that sex is supposed to be of our relationship with God. So if I think that sex is harmful, if I think that sex is damaging, if I think that sex is a time bomb waiting to blow up my life, I'm not going to approach it with any form of reverence, with any form of divinity that it is, right? So if God has given this, this thing to us, this gift, okay, because the high physically, chemically, biochemically in our body, the high that an orgasm produces for us is what all of these different drugs, cocaine, heroin, all of that is trying to mimic. God gave us that natural high. I know if you've been in church long enough, they've told you that ain't no high like the most high, okay? But let me tell you this, all right? The orgasm is no high like the orgasm, and that's a gift from God, all right? So God is trying to show us that when you come into union with me, John 17, you know, you guys know by now, that's like my favorite chapter in the, in the Bible, okay? When we come into union with God, when we are one with him, we reside in Jesus, Jesus resides in us, and we are supposed to be living an orgasmic life. We are supposed to be living a life that is full of joy, that is full of excitement. That's the relationship that we're supposed to be having with God. And God gave us this very easy, simple um, uh, illustration here in this 3D world to say this is what it's supposed to look like. And so if I have purity culture demonizing sex and then I have hookup culture making sex feel like and seem like it's not that big a deal, that it's just a physical thing that I do, I'm um, devaluing the divinity of sex. And so on one side of things, I'm demonizing it. On the other side, I'm devaluing it, right? Does that make sense for y'all? Is that is that clicking? All right. And so for queer Christians now coming into the space of owning, you're stepping into your sexual identity, you're um, coming out to yourself, you're coming out to God, and then the rest of your life, the, the third stage is coming out to people as you, as you live your life, you're thinking in purity culture that <clears throat> I can't really be close to God unless I'm heterosexual, I can't be really close to God unless I'm cisgender, and that is just not the case, right? God has room for everybody, all right? He created you on purpose, gave you the superpower as a queer person. And when you come together in a sexual interaction with the same gender or whoever gender that you're attracted to, okay, that still holds true. That sex is supposed to be a representation of how our union with God is supposed to be, okay? And the reason why I do not ascribe, although I have had my hoe phases, okay, we've been, we, I, I've hoed a little bit, honey. I've had a lot of sexual interactions. Um, and funny thing, I'm West African again, like I said earlier. I'm Liberian and my tribe 
is the Basa, B-A-S-S-A tribe. And the women of that tribe have a reputation of being very, very promiscuous and being insatiable when it comes to sex. And I am not the exception of that rule, okay? So I've had to manage. <laughs> I've had to manage all of that with the Lord. And it's through this revelation that God gave me that this sexual behavior, this sexual act is supposed to show me what it's like to be with him. And so if I'm going to enter into that act with someone, I want it to be with someone who loves me and who I love, who I respect. Uh, one night stands are not, where is that, honey? You may be in a, a season in your life where it, it's okay for you. No judgment. Absolutely not. Been there, done that three or four times. Seasons, not like three or four times, three, three or four seasons in my life. Okay, I'm in my mid-30s at this point, all right? So if that's where you're, you're at right now, you're having the one night stands, you're having a good time, you know, eventually God's going to call you back to, back to himself, okay, or to herself or to they self, however you gender God. He's going to call you back and give you a revelation of the power of what, what happens when we come in a sexual act with another person. All right. Sex. Let's talk about sex outside of marriage. In the Bible, the word fornication does not mean sex out of marriage. I'm going to let that settle. I'm going to let that sizzle in your spirit. Okay. Fornication in the Bible does not say, does not translate. The meaning of that word is not don't have sex out of marriage. The meaning of that word is talking to men who are purchasing sex. It's talking to people who are going to prostitutes and buying sex. Okay, the, the sex is not to be for a price. If it's something that's supposed to represent our relationship with God, okay, then it's not supposed to be bought or sold. All right, so that's fornication. You know, the original word was whoremonger, okay, mongering for, for, for you know, calling them whores. We're not even going to go there, but mongering for women who were selling sex. That's what that word means. So let's get that out of your mind right now. That's not, that's not what fornication is. And in the Bible, the way that we talk about marriage now is not talked about like that in the, in the Bible. Who was it? Um, I think Isaac and Rebecca, right? There was no marriage ceremony. Um, Abim it's not Abimelech. What was um, Abraham's servant's name? Ooh, why can I remember his name? It's not Abimelech. Dang. I can't remember Moses' servant's name. Moses, Abraham's servant. So Abraham's servant goes and gets Rebecca, if I'm get, getting this right, and brings her over to Isaac. He's in the field, which Christians have killed that he was in his field. He was walking around in his daddy's field, okay? That was not his property. <laughs> he was walking around chilling, probably meditating on who knows what. So all of that purity culture teaching, like you got to find a man who's in his field, who's working his job. Child, sit down. Um, so he was just walking around in the field. All right. It doesn't mean anything else other than that. And the servant brings, um, Rebecca and he kisses her and sleeps with her. And now they're married. That was it. Okay. That's what happened. And then in the new Testament, um, who is it? Um, Paul, first of all, tells us don't even get married cause it's not even worth the hassle. <laughs> Uh, and then he says to widows, like, whoever you find in the Lord to marry, go ahead and marry him. Like, we have more important things to think about than marriage, okay? Because we're not going to get married in heaven. There is no marrying in heaven. Nobody is hooking up 
and getting married in heaven. So it's it's an earthly issue. It's a 3D down here issue. It's not a kingdom heavenly issue. Okay. So it is just us trying to police ourselves down here on earth. That is my understanding of it. I've looked into it. This is what I do for a living. You don't take my word for it though. Go and search the scriptures for that. If you see in the Bible where people are courting for all four seasons of the year before they determine if somebody's worthy to be married, that's not in scripture. That's one of the things that we've added on to scripture to police the bodies mainly of women. Okay. So that's not in scripture. So if you are wanting and ready to engage in sexual behavior, what my advice to you would be is to know yourself first. Okay. Victor's asking the question, will we be with our spouses romantically in heaven? That's not according to the Bible. That's I haven't seen it. I haven't read it. It's not mentioned. Jesus doesn't mention it. I don't know what's going to happen in heaven. All I know is the Bible says there is no marrying in heaven. So we're not up there trying to <laughs> trying to procreate. I don't know what's going to be happening, but I'm thinking it's going to be a lot of worshiping and just having a good time. Because what's the purpose of you getting married up in heaven? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Okay. Um, but search the scripture for yourself. And if you find something, bring it back to us, to the community here and let us know. But I haven't found it. And I've looked for it. When I was in Bible college, trying to align with the teachings of that school and praying for my husband and waiting for the right person to court and waiting for the one to show up. And, and I started to look in the scripture asking God, where are all these things coming from? Why do I need to be friends with somebody else bef with them before I get married? Where did you say that? And as I was looking, he never said it. The closest thing I could find was in Song of Solomon when um, he called her my sister, my friend, and my lover. But that whole entire book is not about two married people. They are not married and they are getting it on in all kinds of situations, okay? There's all kinds of oral sex going on, all types of different kissing and all kinds of beautiful sex happening in the Song of Solomon, which is why um, when those men sat down to put the Bible together, um, they were like, this should not be in here because this does not sound like what we want women to see that they're supposed to be able to enjoy sex. They were not okay with it. So Song of Solomon is the closest thing that I found to calling someone your friend, but the four season dating, all of the all of the extra you know rules that the church has put around um, marriage is just not in the Bible, okay? So <clears throat> excuse me, if you're deciding to go out and engage in sexual behavior, I want you to know yourself first and know yourself in the sense of where's your security? If you're seeking to go and have sex with someone, because you want to feel wanted, because you want to feel beautiful, because you want to feel um, desired. Those are the very, very wrong reasons. I'm guilty. I'm not judging you, okay? I'm guilty of that as well. Because you cannot find those things in another person. Those things have to come from within you. So if that's your intention on going out, your heart's gonna be broken. 
okay you're gonna hurt yourself you're gonna feel worse than you did before you even entered into that situation because it's all fun and games when you're flirting and being all you know doing all the extra stuff and then you go and have sex and then you feel like this person took advantage of you or you gave yourself away they don't even love you they don't care about you they're not calling you the next day or maybe they call you but they're just calling you at that two o'clock booty call hour that's not going to feel good because you want to honor and own owning your sexuality does not mean giving it out to whoever asked for it been there done that i'm telling you from experience let me live let me live the experience and come and give you the lesson so you can skip it okay that is not where is that hookup culture is not good for your mental health honey if you are dealing with depression if you're dealing with anxiety Okay, you engaging in those activities are not going to help you. Now, will there be some situations where you have a beautiful sexual experience with someone who you like hit it off with and you respect and you're laughing, you're having a good time and you enter into that sexual act with that person and it feels healing and beautiful. I've had several of those experiences as well, but those have been with friends. Okay, people I have known for a while, not one night stands, not just hooking up with a person. The, the best sex that, I've asked, that I have had has been in my 30s. It has been with someone I was in a relation, a long-term relationship with that saw me. Not like me, this me, but saw all of me. Okay, and saw my, I was able to be naked in my soul with that person. The layers have been peeled away. So they were able to see. I don't know what's going on today, honey. My my thing just paused again. I'm so sorry, y'all. But I was able to be naked in my body with for them to see my body, and they were a they were piece someone who saw my soul, and so that sex was completely um, uninhibited, and I wasn't drunk. Okay, um, I was so I was sober. All, all the different times that it happened um, <clears throat> and was able to experience levels of orgasm and, and healing and feeling the presence of God in those situations with my partner. And I never thought that was possible. And I would, I remember one specific instance where we had spent the entire day together just laying in bed and doing what we do. Okay. Having a good time. And after that, like the next day had the most beautiful Holy Spirit downloads and creativity um, just came to me because I was I was so alive from that experience. And that is the goal for our sexual experiences. If you're wanting to go and hook up and that's the season that you're in, no judgment, but I want to tell you that it gets it's there's a better option. Okay. So not necessarily marriage okay but a committed relationship is a safe place to engage in sexual activity and it really is i know purity culture is you know the uh <laughs> the example of the um setting a fire and putting it in the fireplace versus putting it on your living room floor as crazy as it sounds there is a little bit of truth to that okay so putting the fire in the living room is you doing the hookup called you gonna burn your house down right but putting that beautiful fire in the fireplace where you can enjoy it is that committed relationship. And if you're not able to be and you're not in a, um, a committed relationship right now, it does not mean that you cannot be sexual and cannot enjoy sexual experiences. There is such a thing as solo, unpartnered sex, okay? Masturbation, okay? There is nothing wrong with masturbation, 
The only thing I would say about that is if you are engaging in masturbation and you are putting in your mind images that are not healthy for you, okay? So I'm not coming against anybody's kink or whatever your kink is. What we put in our mind matters because if you're watching those situations, eventually you're going to go out and play those things out in your life. If you're constantly seeing something, the Bible says you, you become what you behold. So if I'm beholding that all the time and I'm, I'm, I'm getting off on watching these different pornographic images, eventually, or movies, eventually in my life, there's going to be a situation that's going to come up and I'm going to role play that in my real life. Speaking from experience. Okay? No judgment. I'm helping you because I've lived it so I'm trying to help you learn the lesson so that you don't you can avoid some of the heartache that comes with being sexual so you can be sexual alone you can get you some toys okay you can explore I've walked many of people through exploring their pleasure landscape I cannot engage with someone sexually if I don't even know what turns me on if I don't know what parts of my body feels good to me there's no shame in that get in the shower Enjoy yourself. Get in the mirror. Look at yourself naked. Okay? See yourself. Hey, Brenda, I was just tagging you, honey. They were asking about you. God is great. Has just joined the chat. Come on in, girl. So you can have unpartnered sex, solo sex, explore your pleasure landscape, Put, burn some candles, burn some incense, put the lights down low, put some sexy music on, get a feather, get all kinds of different um, materials that have different... Um, textures to them lay down put play over your like your entire body rub the feather along your body over your face over your body and feel what feels good to you and invite jesus i know it sounds weird here we go girl come on now get a little radical out here invite jesus into those moments with you into those experiences with you and be have a heart of gratitude because God made us sexual beings and so why would he give us this body of pleasure and not allow us to explore it right God, uh, Brenda says I have to run but I hope you save this to watch later absolutely thank you for joining I appreciate you so invite Jesus into those situations. Invite Jesus with a heart of gratitude that he made you a sexual being. And if you can do that with you and the Lord, it's going to be very easy for you to be able to read situations that are not honoring to you and honoring to your body. In 2018, I'll tell you this quick story time. In 2018, the Lord took me through this process that I'm sharing with you right now. Okay, so... Even in masturbation, you can touch your body in a way that's not loving, not caring. And so the Lord took me through um, a process in the beginning of 2018 that included um, getting really comfortable with my body when it comes to my period. So getting uh, menstrual cups, um, getting uh, comfortable with using uh, yoni eggs. Yoni is the Sanskrit word for vagina. Um, being comfortable with my body. And because what happens with purity culture is we look at our body as the other and that's very strange and un I was gonna say ungodly but I'm, no, I'm not gonna say ungodly but it sounds it it kind of is though but we, our bodies become the other especially for women and we don't know what's going on in here we don't know what it looks like and so for for women I often tell them when they first come to me if we're working through them becoming more comfortable with their sexuality 
and you've probably heard it before, get a mirror, sit down, put the mirror down there and look and see what's going on. Uh, most, I shouldn't say most, most of the women I've dealt with didn't know that their urethra was different from their vagina and that the vagina is not the whole thing. The vagina is just the canal. The vulva is the whole thing, okay? Some women don't even know where their clit is. They're clitoris, okay? And so getting comfortable with who you are. And so God in 2018 took me. Thank you, Mike, for the yes, honey. I just retwisted my hair. Mike says he liked my hair. Took me through the process in 2018 of me getting comfortable and, and, and touching my body in a way that was loving and honoring the divine sexuality that I embody as a woman, okay? Bree says, you're like everything I would love in a therapist and a friend. You seem like an awesome, intelligent person. Thanks, Bree. Come through with the compliments, girl. I appreciate that. Love you back, okay? So when God took me through that process, even in my masturbation time, if I was stressed out and or I was just trying to make myself go to sleep, where I, which I would do before, I would just masturbate and try to put myself to sleep, God stopped all of that because my body is not to be used even by me to get off, okay? Does that make sense to you? So my touch, me touching of my body is has to be loving, has to reflect the divinity and the love that God has for me and that transfer will transfer and does transfer over and has transferred, honey, okay? Testimony, okay? It was real and it worked. Has transferred over anybody else that I invite into my space into my body to give them access to this beautiful being that I am. And that's the goal. So the conversation that's being had with purity culture doesn't touch on those things, okay? Because if I can teach you how to think and how to honor and how to love your body, I can help you make healthy decisions, loving, not just healthy, loving decisions. Because if I'm loving myself, the byproduct of that is I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be making safer, healthier choices with my body. I can I know for myself when I'm not in a loving place toward myself, I make very bad decisions sexually in every other way as well. And I can know it's like a it's like a, it's an indicator to me. Oh, I've, I, I've fallen away. I haven't I haven't been loving myself. I haven't been in tune with who I am. I haven't been honoring myself and putting myself on the pedestal that God's put me on. All right. And so if we were to, we were to, if I were to know that when I was younger, if somebody had taught me that on how to love myself and not to be ashamed of my body. And I'll say this and I'll keep saying it over and over, especially as women, we have the clitoris that's only for pleasure. So God is a God of pleasure. The Garden of Eden translated is a place of pleasure. God created, okay, whatever metaphorically or really, Adam and Eve and put them in a place of pleasure. God loves your pleasure. When you read in the Bible and it says the will of God, that word will translates to the pleasure of God. God is all about pleasure. So the pleasure though is supposed to be like he wants us to have the best orgasms that we possibly can. And he knows that the way that we can do that is when we're feeling safe, when we're honoring ourselves as the divine that we are, that we're owning the power of our sexuality. Okay? So when we're when we're engaging in hookup culture, that's not that's that's nothing. That's not even working out really well for the women especially. 
okay? Because unfortunately, in heterosexual, I mean, unfortunate for them, okay? Rob, rock queer people, um, but I'm bisexual, so I get the best of both worlds, but, um, <clears throat> and the worst. But in heterosexual interactions, uh, the women, I think, come at 30% of the time. So even in hookup culture, you're engaged in activity and you didn't even get to come. You probably have to masturbate after the situation for a reason. No, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, uh-uh. Nope. I want to get, <laughs> if I was white, y'all would see that I'm blushing really hard right now because I'm just like so geeked that God is just this good to us. I want to be in a situation where I can have the best orgasms of my life all the time. And so whatever I have to do to get there, I'm going to do to get there. I'm not going to waste my experience on a hookup or I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny the beauty of my sexuality in purity culture. Absolutely not. So the, the answer to um, the issue of purity culture and hookup culture isn't to um, try to put sexuality in like a box and keep it safe. No. Okay, that's not God. It's to own it. Take take control of it, embody it, and then honor it. Like high, 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 high up. Celebrate that thing. It's divine. It's everything God does and is is beautiful and it's powerful and it's something that we if we were to take the time and just think that when God created us, and gave us the ability in our bodies to experience orgasm, what kind of God does that? Like, who is he or her or they that he would give us this beautiful gift of sex? The nature of God is for your pleasure. Okay? I feel like that's a tweetable. Somebody tweet that. <laughs> I need to tweet that. The nature of God is for your pleasure because God himself is all about his pleasure. It's all about him. Okay? God's like... The will of God, the will of God. The, how many times have we heard the will of God? We're like, dang, the will of God sounds really like intense, sounds uncomfortable, sounds like not fun at all. Do I really want the will of God? Yes, you do. Okay. Yes, you do. You want that pleasure of God. And if we're created in his image, that means we're people of pleasure as well. And so um, I wish I had that book down here. For whatever reason, I can never finish it. Um, it's called Desiring God by John Piper, and I know his theology and all that, but, oh, it's not down here. I'm looking at my bookshelf. Oof, I really want to run and get it for you all. Okay, I think I will, though, because I really want to read it, because I, it's such a good, um, in the very beginning of the book, he just talks about how we really do settle for less when it comes to the will of God for us, especially when it comes to pleasure-seeking, because God is a pleasure seeker and we are pleasure seekers. That's why everybody's so addicted all over the place around here. Because as humans, we were created to seek pleasure. There's nothing wrong with that. I know there's a scripture, uh, you're probably thinking about it, where um, I think it's in Rome. Is it Romans? Where is, is it Romans? Where um, the scripture talks about that men have become lovers of pleasure, not lovers of God. And that's because it's out of order, Right? Because we're seeking pleasure in God. The people who have become lovers of pleasure are seeking pleasure outside of God. So don't get condemned by that. If you give me like two seconds, I'm going to run upstairs because it's right here on my bookshelf. I want you to wait. I wish I had some like music to play in the meantime. But give me two seconds. I really want to read that for y'all. Let me go get it.
got it, I got it, I got it. Thank you for waiting. Okay, here we go. He says here, and is this book, I haven't read it, so I'm not gonna recommend it because for some reason I can't get past the introduction and maybe that's on purpose. But he says here, this is John Piper in the book, Desiring God, Meditations of a, Christ a Christian Hedonist. So he says, I do not come to the Bible with a hedonistic theory of moral justification. On the contrary, I find in the Bible a divine command to be a pleasure seeker. That is, to forsake the two-bit, low-yield, short-term, never-satisfying, person-destroying, God-belittling pleasures of the world and to sell everything with joy in order to have the kingdom of heaven and thus enter into the joy of your master. Okay? So we settle for less. Hookup culture is suddenly for less. And then purity culture is just completely demonizing the gift of God for us. Okay? Was that helpful to you all today? Let me know. I'm going to catch my breath. I am in Colorado. The air's thin up here. And you can get winded in two seconds. Okay? Let me catch my breath here real quick. What do you think about that? Talk to me. Talk, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. And I love this where he says, um, not to enjoy God is to dishonor him. To say to him that something else satisfies you more is the opposite of worship because God is the source of complete and unending pleasure. Okay. God is a pleasure seeker. So are you. Okay. Um, and let's stop settling for this low, low level pleasure of a hookup that leaves you more broken and unhappy than you were before. Is there a way to masturbate in a way that honors God? I just talked about it. Invite God into that, into that experience with a heart of gratitude. There's nothing wrong with that. He already there. you'd be like okay jesus can you step out the room for a second let me masturbate real quick <laughs> uh, he, he right there with you when he said i'll never leave you nor forsake you he yeah he right there so you might as well walk him in okay um <laughs> free says that was great i wish many other christians would think of topics like this in a less restrictive way awesome free says question do you consider yourself a progressive christian um, <laughs> Mike says, ew, Jesus, don't watch. Um, I don't, hmm, I haven't ascribed to being a progressive Christian. I haven't put myself, like, I don't, I don't want to put myself under another label. Um, so I wouldn't consider myself, but my beliefs are similar, but I haven't delved so deep into it to really ascribe to that label i'm just me in love with jesus i'm just a person who loves the lord deeply and has a relationship with him that is unique to me but i know how to have a relationship with god and i know that as queer christians we have in the process of deconstructing in along the way lost our relationship or maybe maybe we never had one with the lord 
And so thank you for that question, actually, because I totally forgot about this. I'm supposed to be making an announcement. In about two weeks, I'm going to be starting a new training on the five keys on how to rebuild or reconstruct your relationship with God as a queer Christian. So we're going to go through all of the steps of how to hear the voice of God, to discern it from, is it the devil? Is it me? Is it my flesh? Um, is it God? How to read the scripture without feeling condemned, without feeling guilty, because I really want us as queer Christians and believers to really lean back into our relationship with God, because we um, in this atmosphere, politically especially, can get lost in the right theology, finding affirming theology, finding the right label to put on ourselves. And we forget that we were here to be in relationship with God. And so let's get back to that. And every other question that you have gets answered in that relationship with God. So I'm starting that training. If you're able to join me live, uh, you can. it'll be free for you. Um, and as you go on, because the videos will not be saved here on Instagram, I'll do the trainings here on Instagram, but they won't be saved. And so to get those recorded, um, recorded teachings, you can sign up in the beginning. In the first week, it's going to be $27. And we're going to be going for about six to seven weeks, depending on what questions come up. And when you sign up as well for the course, you'll be getting the worksheets that I'll be creating that go along with it as well. And then you'll have access to me um, via email in the private Facebook group that we're going to have up as well. Okay, so that's coming soon. It's going to be called the five keys to reconstructing or rebuilding your relationship with God, because that is so, so important. I can come to you all like this and share what I share and not feel any ounce of guilt or am I leading people astray or any of that? Because as a teacher, especially in this queer Christian space, it can be very easy to listen to the voices that are and they, they came in droves, honey, when I first started. You're leading people astray. It's going to be worse if you tied a, a cement block to your foot and uh, dropped you in the middle of the ocean, all the other stuff. And it could have gotten to me if I didn't know Jesus for myself, okay? If I have not been in personal interactions with the Lord during my masturbation time, okay? All right? Um, but I'm just joking. But if I didn't know God for myself, and I didn't have an accurate relationship with him that was not built in the church, was built in me in a season when I needed God to literally live every second of the day, then I learned the nature and the character of God. So when I speak these things to you, I believe and I um, understand that I'm speaking the heart of God to you because God wants you in relationship. God wants you to be the, to be the one that you come and tell him that you're horny. Okay, and then talk to the Lord about it. What do I do about it now? Okay, talk to the Lord. And then for women, you know, certain time, that certain time of the month, we are very, very, very ready to engage sexually with anybody sometimes because our hormones are just what they are. And so in those seasons, what do you do with that? Right? Do you just be miserable and ignore ignore it or pretend that it's not happening or pretend like God doesn't know your body? Like he's living on the inside of you so he knows what's going on. So why not engage God in that conversation? Okay, so that's my goal. Um, that's where we're going to be starting. That is the magic that I own. <clears throat> 
that God has shown me how to relate to him and how to have a real authentic relationship with the Lord. So I'll be helping you all um, do that in, the, uh, in about two weeks. I think I'm starting October 10th for us to do that. So make sure you are on my email list as well. And the free book that was out before is no longer free. So it's for $12 now. You can purchase that. And that's how you get on my email list. Okay. Are there any other questions? about purity culture, about hookup culture, about having sex outside of marriage, about masturbation. Um, there's nothing in the Bible that, does not, that says masturbation is wrong. I've searched. Uh, the only thing that it talks about is, I, who was it? It's not, was it Obed? Um, but that talks about the spilling of the seed, which it was very, very important back in the day for people to not waste their seed because they needed to have children to be able to keep wealth in their home and so it was all about property not necessarily about sexuality so that's a whole different thing the ot what's that mike mike says the ot what's the ot i don't know what that is Um, thinking out loud, how do secular LGBT folks respond to you? Um, oh, Onan, yeah. Oh, the Old Testament. Yeah, how do secular LGBT folks respond to me? Very well. Um, I have lots of LGBT friends that are secular because it's I'm not preaching Jesus to people. I'm living Jesus, okay? I'm living my relationship with the Lord. And my friends, I have... They're not just secular, they're straight on atheists. I don't know why I have so many atheist friends, but I do have a lot of atheist friends. But my friends are able to engage in conversation and we're able to respect each other. And I'm not like, you need Jesus, okay? Because I trust that God is big enough to win them over in a language that they can understand. If I can be an example in their lives to say, oh, well, all Christians aren't weird people who are sucking on lemons who hate us. Because we're not, okay? We're cool people out here. Christians are cool, okay? Um, and so they see me and they see my... I don't hide my process from them. I'm not trying to be like this perfect person before them. So they see me make my mistakes. I even go to them sometimes for advice so just to hear um, what their thoughts are. And they are able to remind me even like, Yama, this is what you ascribe to. Remember you told us this? Right. And this is the life and these are the values that you live by. So they're able to like have a conversation with me according to my beliefs. And so now my my friends are much more mature probably than maybe some other people have in their lives. Um, and I've worked on building those relationships because I never want to be the reason why someone is turned off by God. Because I always remember that story um, where Gandhi went to a church in, I think it was in Africa or South Africa. And it was an all-white church, I think is the story. And because he was Indian, they wouldn't let him in the church. And so he, um, I think he went over to the other religion because Christians were not a good representation of God. And I never want to be that person, okay? So like Paul says, I was all things to all people that I may win some, Okay. <laughs> Um, thinking out loud says, have you been able to find queer Christian spaces in the West African community? Heck no. <laughs> well, there's a, a couple of people actually on, um, Facebook 
where I'm more personal, like my more my personal life and my family are on Facebook. So that's like Instagram is my business. And this is where I do my coaching and I serve my beautiful queer Christians. But on Facebook is where I am more personal. And there are a few queer Christian Liberian people on there. There is a young lady actually that I've gotten very close to, not romantically, but very close to that lives in the UK that is a queer Christian. And we're able to get on the phone and talk. And I've been able to build community in that way with other Africans as well. And then all of my friends I hang out with here at home in Colorado, they're all very aware that I'm queer. And um, I only remember one of them asking me, like it was just like a random moment. She wasn't been like thinking about it for a really long time. She was like, so did you always feel this way? And so in that in that moment, I was able to share with her my story for her to understand. She was just really curious. I haven't had anyone um, shun me that are, that's in my my friend circle or judge me or any of that. So I've been very blessed in that way to find community here around me and online as well. Um, yes, um, V chick, I am Liberian. Okay, proud. I was born in Liberia lived there till I was seven, there was a civil war, and that's how I ended up in the United States of America. If I had had my choice, I would have stayed in Liberia my entire life. I love my culture, I love my music, I love my food. Hey, L-I-B, come on, okay? And I can switch up my, I can code switch my accent in two seconds, less than two seconds flat, okay? So when I'm talking to my family, I don't sound like this. All right, um, I sound, I speak my colloquia, okay? So V chick, okay? Tell me, mama. We able to swish it, nothing can happen, okay? <laughs> so mama, you, you like one more too? You like your friend one more? Eh? Okay? <laughs> so yeah, I can switch it up, honey, all right? I could do the black American slang. I could do corporate white people talk. Um, and I can, this is just me. I've been here since I was nine because I stayed two years in Sierra Leone. And so I've been here since I was nine. And so pretty much I've been here my whole life. And so um, this is how I normally engage. So Chidera says, Nigeria needs people like you. A lot of misogynistic, judgmental folks here. Well, first of all, Chidera, happy Independence Day, okay? Happy Independence Day. I'm about to turn up for y'all. Called my friends already because we had to celebrate. I love Nigeria music. Come on, Nigeria. Um, actually, there is a page here on Instagram that is a Nigerian channel that is for, what are they called? It's a queer Nigerian cha channel that is actually in support of queer people in, in Nigeria. Nice to meet you too, honey. Yeah, so there's that. And then um, if you're not familiar, she's not a Christian, but her name is Kaz. And she has a podcast called The Spread. That's a sex positive podcast. And she's Kenyan. And she resides in Kenya. And she speaks on sex positivity. And um, she's also going through her process. And it's beautiful to see. I've been following her for a while. So there, there is a... a there are some people coming out, um, but at large, Africa is not welcoming in general to queer people. And it's not just welcoming in policies where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can't get married. It's like, no, you're about to die. Like, we're going to kill you. So there is definite, definite bodily harm and risk of losing your life, living your truth in, those, in certain of those countries. 
even in Liberia, as much as we say that we accept it, it's not as accepted. And in certain um, areas, you could get killed for it. So it's not easy. Um, there was one young Liberian man that came out recently and said that he felt that 99% of the Liberian men were gay. And it was a whole thing. He had to get bodyguards. They were like planning on killing him. And so I am blessed in the sense that I exist in very, in many different um, arenas when it comes to sexuality in different cultures. Okay. And so on Instagram, I don't see a lot of black women who are in the Christian queer space. So that I don't, there's one young lady that's coming up. I think her name is Kayla that's been speaking out lately. But other than that, I don't know any other people. So for Instagram is a very um, white space here on Instagram for Christian sex educators who are affirming of, of queer people. And then existing in the black church, I don't see many of that either and then with liberian people it's just not a, it's just not a thing um and it's just like you don't talk about it, nobody cares okay um brie says speaking of queer spaces in kenya the movie rafiki is really is really a really great black lesbian representation because yes representation is so important i wish there were more black christian sex educators coming out and speaking and sharing i don't mind being the pioneer or being the first or maybe there's other that I don't know and if I don't know them please tag them because I want to be a part of that I'm not talking about Christian I'm not talking about sex educators there are a lot of black women which are filling up that space actually as sex educators but Christian sex educators who are affirming of queer people I don't know that many I don't know really more than two I can't even count them on my hand okay so I am blessed to be to occupy this space here on Instagram for us and be that voice and that face to represent it. Because looking at me, I'm a very um, straight passing person. You're not going to look at me and be like, oh, she queer. Unless I try to holler at you like, what's your name? What's your name? What? <laughs> like you wouldn't look at me and be like, oh, yeah, she's queer. You just wouldn't. And so even in that instance... As a passing queer person, there, there are spaces I'm able to occupy as well because I'm not masculine presenting um, in any way that would alienate me from certain um, conversations. So I'm blessed to just to navigate and sit kind of on all of these different intersectionalities of my, of my identity as a black queer Christian woman who also is very African and very straight passing, okay? Any other questions? Hello, hello, everybody. I'm about to turn up tonight for the for the night jack people, okay? Time to party. What's that um flavor song? Every day not party. Every day not jolly you. Oh yeah, move your body. And also, you know, in the uh, in the African culture, our bodies and how we dance can seem very sexual. And so even moving into the purity culture of that coming into the white space and how they were dancing and how you like you weren't supposed to move your body was very weird to me because all of from a two-year-old to a 70, 80-year-old in my family at a family gathering, we're winding our hips and we're shaking it and that's not seen as anything sexual or inappropriate. So it does matter to the kind of culture that you grew up in. I'm sure even in the 
the Spanish and Latin culture and purity culture must be very weird for them to navigate as well because that's just how we are. That's how we move our bodies. And we embody, you know, our sexuality on the dance floor and we love it. So it's been very interesting, but I feel like I'm rambling, so I'm going to stop. Um, I hope that you receive something from this today. I'm going to save it. I hope you share with your friends. It's going to go up on the podcast. Probably not tonight. The sun's going down. So, and that only means that I'm about to go out and, um, my friend's going to be off soon. So I'm going to go have a good time. I've been working really hard these past two weeks and God kind of forced me and said, not kind of, he straight up said, you need to, you need to rest. You need to stop. So I'm trying my very best to stop. It's very hard when you love what you do. So God's telling me to stop, so I'm going to do that. And I'm going to go have a good time with my friends and, and wind my way somewhere for, for the night job people and celebrate Independence Day, okay? Mike says, when I was in Bible college, they condemned anything that made your hips move. <laughs> anything with a down beat always keeps six inches for the Holy Spirit. Oh, gosh. They couldn't last in my, and even in the churches, in African churches, we dance. Like, there are drums in the church, and you, like, when you're praising the Lord, your body is moving, and your hips are moving too. So it's very interesting to me. But I hope you received, again, something from this today. I hope it blessed you. I hope it freed you. Um, if you want to work one-on-one -on -one with me, you can go into the link in my bio and set up a free consultation with me. They're 50 minutes long. Um, get on my schedule. It's filling up pretty quickly. And then once we start doing the trainings and um, my client list has also been filling up as well. So I have two more slots for clients for this month. Um, let's see. Yeah, for clients, two more slots for clients for this month. I'm very blessed to, to work with you all. But if you want to work with me, get on my calendar and then also um, stay tuned for that training that's coming up in two weeks on how to rebuild your relationship with God. I love y'all so, so, so much. Be blessed and enjoy your weekend. Bye.